0: Welcome back to Gaze with Kids, the podcast. I'm your host, David Dodge, and I'm so thrilled to be welcoming you all to our third season of this podcast. It's crazy how much we've already been able to get done within just a year of launching, and uh, we're so excited with how well it's going and that you all keep tuning in. And as long as you keep listening, we'll keep making the pod. This season is shaping up to be our best yet, I've got to say. I'm not just saying that. (laughs) We've got some amazing people appearing on the pod this season, which uh, may include a celebrity surprise or two, as well as entertainers, advocates, and all sorts of other guests from across the Queer Dad Multiverse. So make sure you tune in all season long. And today we're kicking things off with a bang. We're going to be joined by three gay dads who, between them all, have managed to amass hundreds of thousands of followers across their social media platforms this includes husbands dustin patrick smith and burton buffalo as well as jose Rolone. today we're going to talk about the path these guys took to social media stardom and it's funny because as you'll hear all three of them said they didn't start out by trying to become gay dad influencers they just started to post their content uh, much of which features their adorable children and their accounts took off because obviously people were connecting with it Now their social media accounts have become businesses for these guys, and it's not something they're just doing for the fun of it. They're doing this to support their families. And so in some ways, it might be easy to write these guys off. And the many other gay dad accounts out there that are doing similar stuff is just fluff. These videos tend to be lighthearted and adorable. Maybe they feature a TikTok dance here or there or a shirtless beach photo or two. But as you'll hear each of these guys say, they hear from their followers constantly thanking them for helping them come out, for instance, or helping them realize it's possible to be both gay and be a dad. For other gay dads out there, they're thankful for the visibility they're bringing to the community, which is no small thing, especially in light of everything from the don't say gay bills to religious freedom bills that are trying to make it harder for our community to adopt and serve as foster care parents. Visibility still matters. (laughs) And these guys are at the forefront of that. That doesn't mean that it's always easy for these guys to be in the limelight all the time and that doing so doesn't take its toll on them and their family. They have to decide when and where and whether to feature their kids in their videos, for instance. And this is a little slice of life they're sharing with us, which which is great and has obviously become very popular. But at the end of the day, these guys are all still dads. They're still parents, and they need to put their kids first. So we'll talk about how they strike that balance as well. It's very likely you already know and follow these guys. But if you don't, definitely do yourself a favor and give them a quick follow. We'll link to their handles in our post. But uh, I'll say their Instagram handles here very quickly. You can follow Jose at NYC Gay Dad dustin at dustin underscore patrick underscore smith and burton at b b b u f f a l o e that's bb buffalo Um, again very excited to be kicking off season three with these guys we really had a great conversation Um, and if you haven't done so yet please do us a favor like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review Uh, well if you like us at least anyway (laughs) Uh, we want to keep the momentum going and get this pod to others who might appreciate it so uh, anything you can do to help we would appreciate and with that said please enjoy this conversation with Dustin Burton and Jose Dustin Burton and Jose welcome to the podcast hey thanks so much yeah we're excited to be here hello hello so first and foremost because this is a podcast about gay dads and their families uh we add anyone that we have on we'd like to just get a little bit of background on their family creation story uh for you two dustin and burton how you two met how you decided to um, start your family and then jose we'd love your backstory as well but why don't we start with you two dustin and burton
1: Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so we met, how many years ago was this now? About 15, Yeah, 16 years ago. So we met 15, yeah. 16 years ago and we were friends, friends for the longest time Long before time. it ever turned romantic, yeah. which was kind of, it was really nice. To, yeah. It, how old school, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, yeah, cause we've been around the same friend groups and circles. So we, we, we knew all the skeletons in the we, closet. Yeah, exactly. Just, you <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I think like, You know, when you're often dating someone, it takes a while to really get to know someone. And yeah, we truly knew each other's hearts we knew what we were about on um, and, and and so yeah it was actually pretty magical and then it turned romantic one day
2: yeah i mean we both kind of were ended up at the same place at the same time in our journey right yeah you know, dustin was actually on his way he was moving out to new york at the time right yeah. and i was i was thinking about moving to dc myself and moving out of raleigh and we we he, uh, dustin was in a bar and i walked up to him and said <laughs> hey i'm single now Do you want to <laughs> go on a date?" And, uh, <laughs> And we took it from there. So that's that, that so. easy,
0: huh? Wow. And so <laughs> did you did you both always know you wanted kids, or was that a different journey yeah. for you both? Or so how, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so
2: I've always wanted kids. Even since I was very young, I knew I wanted kids. And so that was a struggle, right? Because I knew I was gay at the same time. And so that was my my largest struggle with coming out. Wasn't you know, it wasn't actually just being gay. It was just that I would probably never have a family because there was you have to think about it. this was like 1995 and so there were no role models at the time of uh, gay dad get you know two two family two dad families and there was no no role models at the time for gay relationships too I mean maybe there was will and grace and some other some other things like that but there wasn't there wasn't many role models to look up to so yeah um, you know this this is something I've always wanted and then you know I, I, that was one of the um, criteria. Their, their criteria requirements <laughs> For <laughs>
0: when Justin and I dated, it was just like, I was like, hey, or do you want kids or not? Because uh, I'm in,
2: you know, I needed, I needed
0: kids. I always find this, you know, on Gates with Kids, we're constantly profiling people that was like, from the time I was four, I knew I wanted to have kids, but I yeah. also very much was not in the camp of like, knowing that I wanted kids at all until it happened. Uh, so I'm always much more interested <laughs> in, yeah. in folks. that was like, maybe not like top top of mind in what kind of got you there or and uh, what it's like now.
1: So that was, that was me. Like, I... I really didn't think that was a possibility. It was mainly because the way I grew up was in a, in a family that wasn't super open to, you know, even me being gay. And um, and, and I just, you know, I, as I kind of ventured into finding myself, there was a lot of, I don't know, I don't wanna say trauma, but kind of trauma. I, you know, when I came out, I ended up having to go through conversion therapy. And, and then I, you know, went weekly to have deliverance sessions where, I was having demons cast out of me. So, you know, that really kind of put this dark, you know, place on my life where I just was spiraled into depression. And so I never thought that I would ever see myself on the other side of that, uh, where I would be married happily with kids being so public. So it really was until I. Met Burton truly, uh, where I realized that could be a possibility for my life because I think, and I think a lot of gay people go through this, where they think, or maybe at least our age or older, you know, felt like this was just an impossible thing to dream about. So why even dream about it? And I, and I do think that you can have a really full relationship with somebody not having a family. Because I look back on past relationships, and had they worked out, you know, had there not been other bumps in the road. I'm sure we would have been happy without children, but I'm so grateful that I met someone who that was a priority and, and I have always loved kids so the fact that I'm able to be a father it's it's just been such a rewarding thing. Okay.
0: That's, uh, that's amazing. So I mean, I I never wanted kids Never thought they were in my life plan either. Um, and so I had, I'm a donor to a lesbian couple very good friends of mine who, who like sprung this on me a decade ago to see if I would consider it and I did, you know, a, a full 180 where I would I mean, I literally talked about it for like six seven months with like everyone like my barista knew about it i was like i needed you know, I, I wasn't sure what to do because I was like i never wanted i didn't really like kids that much but i am so thankful for them because uh, otherwise i honestly think i would have gone through life with that you know unless i'd met someone that was like it was you know really important to them but so yeah kind of a blessing in disguise to have someone else kind of help you realize that it's something that you can do and that it's a very yeah. fulfilling thing absolutely uh, okay jose let's hear let's hear yours
3: um well let's see uh so my husband and I got married back in 2010 and initially our intention wasn't to have kids but then we I don't know there was like a shift for him I knew I always wanted kids but I think he needed to get there and he took a little bit longer um and we had our son this was like March 2013 Avery And we did it through surrogacy. And so we did, you know, one of his, one of mine. And I I thought like 100% I was gonna be the victor in that situation, but then came out this like blonde white boy, (laughs) damn it. Um, (laughs) and, uh, And I think that what was really interesting is that when Avery was two months old, Tim came out of the bedroom, you know, the guy who needed some like help along the way to becoming a dad. He's like, babe, you know what I'm thinking? I'm like, you know, pizza or Chinese, what are we going for? And he's like, nope, I think we should have more kids. And I'm like, oh, wow. you know, I was sort of like shocked in that moment. And we decided to go for it again with the same, uh, using the same egg donor. But this time I pushed him out of the way. We're going to make sure we're going to use my stuff <laughs> and, and the same surrogate. And then uh, so at 10 weeks, we found out we were pregnant with twins. And then the following week, my husband went away on a business trip and he unexpectedly passed away. So um, it was a heart attack. It was on a business trip in his sleep. And, you know, I think like on top of all the grieving that I had to go through, I also had six days to make a decision to follow through the pregnancy because at 12 weeks, you can't make that decision anymore. And for me, I was very clear that I was going to abort because, you know, I thought, like, you know, who the fuck am I to like raise three kids on my own? And, uh, you know, as the story goes, you know, I I woke up the morning of Tim's funeral uh, service and I sat at the edge of the bed. It was still dark outside. And it hit me that my son just lost his father. And what if something were to happen to me? So I definitely did not want to leave him alone in this world. So uh, not only did I make a decision to follow through the pregnancy, but I also announced that we were pregnant while giving Tim's eulogy. Uh, Nobody knew that we were pregnant at that time. But, you know, I also thought that was like the perfect moment to do it, a because once I put it out there, like I've got to follow through. Um, but you know, to have a room full of three, four hundred people—I can't remember how many people—but um, to have that love and support, and um, and yeah, here we are, nine years later, and we're thriving and striving and doing all kinds of fun things. And um, yeah, and then you know, well, I'm sure we're gonna get into all the social media stuff, but you know, it's 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 been a bit of a whirlwind uh, recently wow
1: that yeah. is unbelievable yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry to, to hear about that and and well i mean you're you're so to amazing to be able to, to to raise three kids to you know it's it's incredible
3: yeah. so yeah yeah and it's, you know again it didn't come without it's like big support system i definitely had you know our nanny was already in place i had all the friends and family members but then you know when the girls did arrive uh I didn't mess around. I was like, I need a night nurse. And I got a night nurse and she was only supposed to be there for four weeks, but I had her for four months. and <laughs> yeah. it was actually it was actually her at four months she's like, Jose. I gotta go.
0: Yes. <laughs> You're like no. A on Captain. Well, so I mean, uh, Jose has uh, written and talked about this uh, so many times, beautifully, uh, very transparently, for Gays with Kids and many other places. And you know, I know that um, you've gotten so good at retelling this story, but it still can't be easy to have to relive it over and over again. Uh, but we thank you so much for being as transparent and honest with us as you are about this, because uh, it's an important story. It's an incredible one. Um, and also, I think, probably has something to do with uh, how people relate to you. Because I, I guess my my guess is, and tell, correct me if I'm wrong, so kind of transitioning to your social media following, I mean, you, you became known uh, and kind of blew up during the pandemic, just posting these adorable videos of you and your kids uh, doing dances and little skits. Um and you know they're adorable and I think they probably you would have blown up regardless, but then people also connect to this uh backstory and, and learn about you and what you've been able to uh to accomplish and do. Um, and I, I have to assume that this is part of what really draws people to you and your story, but I'm putting words in your mouth. <laughs> so so let me ask you like what that transition was like to start uh, first being so public about this story with, with so many people, um, and then the connection it seems to have drawn with uh with your followers.
3: Yeah. So, so what was interesting is when when my husband passed in two thousand thirteen, there, there were a couple media outlets that caught on because they thought that that story was, you know, uh, what it was. And so, you know, like Huffington Post, People Magazine did something. But then, you know, over time, it just sort of it it died. Right. The story just kind of went away. And then uh, during the pandemic. Uh, You know, like a lot of us parents, we were struck with triple duty, right? So parenting and homeschooling and trying to make our businesses survive. You know, as a wedding planner, events just shut down. Uh, And my scripted response is that you know, part of the reason, which is attached to the real response, but you know, I I did it because I needed a way to break that stuff up so that I wouldn't go crazy. Um, And I you know, my au pair had to go back to Argentina because the borders were closing. So I was really left alone with all three of them to do all of those things. And so I was like, you know, I I wanna, let's just make some silly videos in between all this madness. And, but the real reason, which not a lot of people know about is I did it because I realized that I wasn't going to get laid anytime soon. because <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, you know you I mean, as, distract like, yourself somehow. <laughs> might as well do it through social media. That's amazing. Yeah,
3: you know, like a, a, as a dad,
0: you know, it's, Bert, is this
3: why you're doing all your videos? <laughs> oh, my Suspicion is. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think because I think that the way that the kids, um, you know, when as a parent, when kids drive you nuts, drive you crazy, there's a way that we. we choose to rejuvenate. And so like when my kids were, would drive me crazy, I'm like, it's time for a date or it's time for a hookup or whatever it is. And then I could come back and be super dad. But I was like, holy shit. Like, I don't know when this is gonna happen. And so- Even yeah, super dad and,
0: needs to get laid sometimes. I, I get laid.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and, and look, I think that the relatability comes in from, look, at the time during the pandemic, there was so much going on. You know, you had Black Lives Matter, you obviously had the pandemic going on but it was like a big political mess not that it's not now um and i think we were also creating some political posts too and i think what happened is you know people were looking for uplifting stories and nobody knew about my story they just knew this this tiktok guy that makes wholesome funny videos but what happens when you go viral then people want to know, well, why is he a single dad? And then once the media caught hold of why I became a single dad, it's sort of like my story had a second life to it. And I think with so much going on in the world, people needed to hear something really, you know, uplifting and positive. And let's be honest, uh, you know, I think our family checked off a lot of boxes for a lot of media outlets. You know, some people might be like we need a Latinx and we need a LGBTQ, or we need a parent. And I sort of like fit all those categories uh, that, you know, just seem seem to work. And I think a lot of parents realize that even though they may not fit in the Latinx or LGBTQ, they found our content relatable.
0: Yeah. It's uh, insane how popular gay dads suddenly become with followers um, in June <laughs> with, the, with like Pride and Father's Day. It's like, oh, where you been all the rest of the year? Um, but, uh, so Dustin and Bert, let's, let's hear a little bit about, um, what kind of, uh, how'd you get your start in social media? It, was it something you were doing intentionally? Did it, did you kind of stumble into it? Like Jose, uh, let's hear, let's hear the backstory.
1: Yeah. Uh, so there was never a, like a business plan. Right? Yeah. It like wasn't it <laughs> wasn't like, this is what we want to do. Yeah.
2: It was, we like any other family, proud family. We just started sharing pictures of our, of our kids. Right. We, yeah. we were like, this is, you know, we're going, we want to tell our journey, but at the same time, we started we started realizing that, that a lot of people were reaching out to us um, because you know you're kind of you're kind of a a, a role model in a way, not, not that we're perfect by any means, but still people needed to understand how to go along the surrogacy process. So they reach out to you and they ask questions, and you start con- continue to do that more and more. And so that was just you know we so we started sharing our lives even more because we're like this is really great for the community. It's really yeah. great for visibility. That was um, a catalyst. Really, yeah, that was a catalyst for this. And then you know it just kind of kind of grew from there. Yeah, it it
1: definitely was not intentional. Like we, you know, I think like I had mentioned, you know, my past of having such shame of my identity. uh, Finally, when I kind of came to full circle and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm so proud of my relationship and I'm so proud of the fact that I'm a father and, you know, people just, the numbers started to grow to following our story. And I think at that point, as the numbers started growing and as we got a lot more attention, I think Bert and I then had to have a conversation about it. Like, what is this now? Like, this yeah. is something completely different than what we had been, were originally doing. Yeah. And like he was saying, as we're getting email after email of people saying, you, know, you helped me come out of the closet or you changed my perspective of what a gay person is or a gay family, what a gay family looks like. Um, that was really powerful and it really, you know, especially because of my background, that really, uh, felt like a, a place that I needed to, to be that person to help, you know, give advice, give some guidance to, and set, uh, not necessarily an example, but one example, like we're, you know, like he was saying, we're not a perfect couple. Uh, but this is one reference point of what a gay family looks like.
0: If you're a queer man listening to this and you have your heart set on having a biological child, you likely already know how expensive surrogacy is, costing as much as $200,000 or more. Many queer men understandably experience sticker shock at this number and become a little bit hopeless. But there are ways to make having a baby as a queer man more affordable, and one of those ways is with Mosey Baby, which makes affordable and easy-to-use at-home insemination kits. So this kit would be perfect for anyone interested in an intentional co parenting situation with a friend or a couple, or maybe you're one of the lucky guys who has an incredible person in their life willing to carry your child for free, meaning you can maybe skip the fertility clinic. Mosey Baby's Baby Making Plus bundle includes everything gay parents-to-be need to get started on their at-home insemination journey. This includes specially designed insemination syringes, pregnancy tests, ovulation tests, and fertility loop. Mosey Baby has helped thousands of LGBTQ couples and singles form their families in co-parenting or known donor situations, while avoiding a lot of the major expenses that come with other surrogacy options. You can find out more at moseybaby.com and get 10% off your first order with code GWK10. That's code GWK10 at moseybaby.com. So um, all three of you do other things besides be influencers, (laughs) but but with the amount of content you all turn out, I'm I'm impressed uh, that you're able to juggle... Uh, everything that you do on top of this. So uh, keeping it with YouTube for a second. um, So you recently bought a farm. Um, That (laughs) that was a a COVID purchase. That was a COVID deal. Yeah. Wow, you couldn't just get a dog? (laughs) We got them too. We
1: got two. Uh,
0: Dog, sourdough starter kit, and you guys got a farm on top. That's amazing. Well, so I I mean, so you all, you are able to incorporate a lot of what you're learning about being, you know, first-time farmers uh, into your videos, which are great. And I encourage everyone to go check them out. We'll obviously put links to uh, both of your uh, pages and the blog post that goes out with this, but uh, talk a little bit about what that's been like, and then just also juggling other responsibilities in addition to being, you know, um, kind of, uh, you know, these influencers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that we're a little insane. I mean, yeah, Bert and I are just—we've always been people that like to take on a lot. And yeah. I think that was probably one of the reasons why we were even attracted to each other because we're yeah. both just get it done kind of guys yeah. and work around the clock no matter what. Yeah, so, um, you know, yes, I, before COVID was, you know, before COVID, I, I owned a salon. And um, when COVID, and he's always worked in the tech industry. Yeah. And so when COVID happened, it really made us have to assess what we were doing because I started doing, being a spokesperson, uh for a hair care brand I was doing the shopping network where I was like flying overseas a lot and then we were you know we had babies yeah. and then with his new role he was planning to fly all over the country yep. and we kind of were looking at each other when COVID made a stop in our tracks and we were like what were, what we-, were we doing yeah like those times those times where we were like okay th-
2: there's going to be a week period here where neither one of us are going to be in town so we need the nanny to watch him for a full week you know, those types of things where our kids are not going to see, it. you know, one week out of every month, our kids are not
1: going to see us at all. And yeah. We, and we never let that happen, yeah. but it made us stop and think, why were we even why? considering that? Yeah. And, you know, not that I'm, I'm not grateful for COVID, but definitely the silver lining that came from that was that pause in our yeah. life, because I think when you're spinning a million plates, just don't know how to stop and it forced us to stop and really reassess our lives and we ended up buying burton's family's farm which has been in his family for you know hundreds of generations and we decided that we wanted to do this as a family and build a a place that we can invite people invite the community uh to come and experience this land and and we're really excited about it so that's kind of what we're doing on top of everything else, you know, so yeah, and on top of that too, we want to leave a legacy, right? I
2: mean, you know, when you, uh, you know, something we want to pass down to our kids, we want to do it. We can't pass our Instagrams down. To, <laughs> down, down our They're not going to want it. They're, They're not going to want it really. <laughs> we'll give them the Google drive with all the. <laughs> but there's, but you know what I'm saying? There's, we just, we, we want this legacy. It's a legacy that's been in our family and we just think it's something beautiful that we can pass down. We can do it with our kids. We can, um, as our family grows, we can do it with our community and our friends. And we actually do already. Our family's involved with this farm. His brother moved into the farmhouse and is, is really helping out with getting things started. So yeah. it's become a, a family affair, which is just amazing.
1: And since then I, I sold my salon and I mean, we were not, we're not outrageous, right? So we understand balance, and you know, a, a lot of times the reason why I think this has been really helpful is because I'm able to be with my kids a lot more. i've I've let go of the salon life, and I'm kind of overseeing the farm and I'm home more, and I'm kind of the one editing everything with social media. And it really allows me to be more hands-on, which I'm incredibly incredibly grateful for having that opportunity. And Burton works from home now. so we're 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 all together all the time. So and that's been such a blessing because that just wasn't the way it was
0: before. Right. And so where were you before the farm? Where were you located?
2: We're we're still here. We're in Raleigh, North Carolina. You've been yeah. in Raleigh,
0: okay, okay. Great. Are, yeah, and we're yeah. still. Here. And the farm is about 15 minutes down the road from here. Oh, okay, all right. So this wasn't some uh, massive either. like city to world. Um, <laughs> <No. excursion laughs> no, that's it, the
2: okay. great thing about it too. Is what we're planning on doing is so close to the city, and it's uh, it feels like it's a very special place. It's kind of a, a it's like a black hole, right? It's just you don't you don't even realize that
1: you're so close to the city, but it's really once magical. you're there, you feel like you've driven hours away, into, mm-hmm. so, like the mountains or something is very
0: wild. Um, but yeah, it's very special. That's incredible, um, and Jose, you are also a wedding planner and a very busy one, as far as uh, as, as your Instagram looks like. Uh, so, talk a little bit about what it's like to to do that on top of um, all of uh, all of the what, uh, everything you do for your social media channels.
3: All I'm going to say is, after this wedding season, I need to go visit the farm. <laughs> please, <laughs> please, What's we need up? your we need your advice and anyway. get some, some fresh air. <laughs> That's what we're going to have this weddings out there too. So yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, I'm there for that. Um, <laughs> I think. I, you know, I'm, I'm smack dead center of like, I'm in the middle of 15 weddings right now. I had two, two this past weekend at the rainbow room and then one in a synagogue on Sunday. And then now this week I have one, uh, coming down the road, uh, right, right down the road. And I don't know, we're just like insane, uh, with, you know, this year they say that there's more weddings this year than, uh, since 1985 or 86. Yeah. And that is so true. Um, I think that, you know, I still, I still have a 2019 couple. They hired me in 2019, but the pandemic kept pushing them. Like, like the gentleman have said, it's like, we, it, it was such a blessing. we got to spend a lot of time, uh, with my kids and be present, but definitely out of the pandemic, I, I, here's the problem. And I, I think maybe, maybe, uh, not everybody shares this, but, during the pandemic, we all made a decision that we're going to be much more thoughtful and much more calming. And, uh, you know, just the way Dustin and, and Bert have analyzed their life during the pandemic. And I feel like we've come out of the other side, like, busier and crazier um it's kind of like when you go on meds (laughs) it's like the pandemic was us being on meds right like we were all just you know doing our thing trying to get by and we need a little assistance and then all of a sudden it's like when you go cold turkey at the end of the pandemic and then it's just more extreme than it was before um that's kind of like to be honest the space i'm feeling right now because now you know we're managing managing nyc gay dad which is an llc now and then jose rolon events and the beautiful thing and it's such a blessing is that they're feeding each other you know i've got i got a rainbow this rainbow room wedding that i just had came through tiktok my personal tiktok right oh. and so that that keeps feeding right and and i'm flying out in 2 weeks to film a wedding show uh, with Tara Lipinski. I can I can make that public right now. Um, and we're filming all of season one, 10 episodes in one week. And then before that, I'm speaking at a conference in New Orleans. So this is, for the first time, I'm going to be away from my children for two weeks. And that I've never done that before. I've done maybe four or five days, but it's never been two weeks. And um, so I don't know, there is a little space of, I think, overwhelm at the moment. Um, but... You know, luckily I do have systems and people in place. You know, I think, you know, the beauty of doing all these sponsorships and these campaigns, it's allowed me to filter that into my wedding planning business so I could hire someone full time, right? And so that has been a blessing so that I could focus more over here. Um, So yeah, I don't know, that's that's where I'm at right now. There's just a lot going on being in the middle (laughs) of summer weddings and the campaigns.
0: Well, the next season will probably be all the divorces, and you don't handle that, so you're probably good for, <laughs> for a little bit. Hopefully, I, yeah, I yeah, hope oh, things I calm down. True right. <laughs> for the price of one. <laughs> <laughs> Package deal. That's a good idea. Um, but so I guess you, you guys are kind of touching on this already. But um, you know, I I'm just curious what it's like. So you know, Kids, Kids were obviously a big visible brand as well, but it's not me in front of the brand. It's not any of our staff as much as it is. Our community, right? Um, we still pick and choose what we show and when, and we understand the importance of visibility and what we're helping to do and helping so many people. You know, just like you guys, we have people reach out to us all the time saying, "Never thought this could happen for me." We have people that are coming out to us, um, and it's uh, so I I don't take that lightly and the importance of the visibility of uh, what we're all doing. Um, but for you guys, it's also you're having to balance this against, um, you know, your actual families and your faces and your kids faces and uh, you're having to uh, pick and choose obviously what you're showing and what you're not showing. Um, and I'm, I'm just curious how you kind of make those decisions um, and what it's like to have people. You know, feel like they might own a part of you, or if that's how it feels like. Um, and you know, the kind of the de- demands for content. Obviously, social media is such a content monster. So yeah, so I, I, there's a lot of questions in there, but I think you get the the general gist. Why don't we stick with you, Jose, first to uh, get a sense from you? Is that I guess the first question is how do you how do you balance what you show and what you don't show, and what is it like to have um, you know so many people kind of demanding uh, you as a as a personality? Um.
3: I, guess, I guess one thing that I'll share is even after we went viral, I did not, I didn't really see anything beyond like the, our followers just continuing to like, like our stuff. And I knew we had new followers, but I remember the first time that the, the post that actually made me realize there was something bigger than ourselves, which ended up being what they call, um, a negative viral. And so we, it was when the, uh, the, I think the vice president or president of Goya came out uh, in support of Trump. And I, what I did was I simulated uh, a funeral for the Goya products with my children, right? So I, I had my- I remember kids, that video, but, yeah. Yeah, I had my kids dress up in black. I had, you know, we took down all the Goya products, we put it in a rest in peace box and it was raining that day and we had it floating down the street. And we were dancing at we were dancing at the end, right? And for two weeks, it was insane because if you if you even googled Goya on Instagram, you had three images at the very top. It was Alexandra Ocasio because she was the first one to come out against it. You had Ivanka Trump that was holding a Goya can in the White House. And then you had me and my kids walking down the steps. And so that ended up creating, like death threats, uh, people were calling me a faggot, saying, you know, I'm raising my kids to hate America, to waste food. And of course, we donated to the church. My kids didn't even know that the camp at the time, they were like four or five, right? So they didn't even know that it had to do with Trump. I was like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have fun, whatever. Um, and so that was sort of like the first time I realized that I'll never, I'll never not share how I feel. Politically, but I realize that there is I do need to be a little bit more thoughtful how I do it because at the end of the day we're parents and our job is to protect our children, right? And so, so that's been that's been really interesting. And I try whenever I do anything political, I try to make it positive. And obviously, with the recent events of the uh, you know what's been going on in Texas with the with the children, uh, nineteen kids being murdered, uh, I'm clearly going to make a statement about that and this time i chose to do it without my children right and so because that's something that i need to be a little bit more thoughtful about um and i think in terms of like the balance i think you know having having strangers go up to my kids has been has been really interesting and and a balance i think that people do come up to us and really like they're invested right the engagement seems uh, big enough where people feel invested, and they run up to my kids. They scream sometimes, <laughs> and Mike. It, it took a while for my kids to get used to because they didn't really know how to react to that. And so now, now they're aware, and now they know how how to respond better to when you know strangers come up to them and bring up things about their lives. And
0: they like no, no pics, no, no autographs. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, they're really sweet, and they're really, um, you know, they're they're uh, they're they do come across as as humble about the whole thing. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of like where we're at with that. Uh, the, the one thing I'll, I'll also share, cause I think Dustin and you guys, when in terms of like all the social media campaigns, that's been sort of an interesting journey too, because, you know, now that we are sort of where we're at as, um, as influencers, sometimes you get some of those core, people, uh, core followers that are like, oh, look at them selling, you know, oh God, they're doing another campaign. And you know, that that's really interesting to me because I think a lot of people don't realize that this is, we now have another business, right? And for the most part, we certainly plan on wanting to stay within, you know, in integrity and, and be behind the products, but just like any job, there's going to be a couple of things that we might sell out for, because you know what, we're getting paid 30 K to do this, you know, and that's okay because we have children to support, you know? And so I think that's sort of like the balance we're sort of having now, which I think you guys have had for a while now. You guys were, I, you guys were doing campaigns before the pandemic, right? I think yeah,
1: so. Yeah yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. So, you know, how, how's, I mean, I'm not interviewing you guys, no, but please if, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious sort of, how you've been able to do that balance. Cause you know, I noticed that you guys do a lot of campaigns and they're, they're beautifully shot well done and you guys have a really good balance with it. And so I'm just kind of curious about your perspective on it.
1: I mean, I think that we've always been really honored that, you know, companies want that, that family attached to their brand. And and it's always brands that we feel comfortable with. I mean, I think the most important thing to know is that we don't say yes to everything. You know, we, we get a lot of emails and a lot of interest, and we are constantly, you know, selecting things that feel right, that feel authentic, because I think at the end of the day, if you're not, if you're not going to be authentically into talking about things, then people see right through that. Right. So Yes, it is. Uh, I think on one hand, it's really important because it's allowing me to be with my family. I mean, before I was chained to a hair chair where I was like away from my family all day long. I owned the business, and you know, I was literally with a client all day and had that. I didn't have that flexibility and freedom, and now I, I do, and that's been such a blessing yep. uh, for for our family. But I'm also quite proud that you know. Some of these companies have not just within our pool and our reach, but then they go outside of theirs, which is millions. Yeah, they and they're they put it on their websites, they put it on print, they put it on their own social media. Or they've we've been in ads before, and they're like, This is a family, and we believe in this family. Yeah. And 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 actually, you know, seeing the backlash only allows me to realize how important that imagery is for yeah. us to 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 not to to keep hiding and 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 not show that we actually exist is, is only hurting our family because you know we take the sticker shock off of it when we in in hopes that when my kids go to school, I'm hoping that their their parents of their of the, of the other students have seen our Instagram. And so they've they're having these conversations in their own home. This is a family. And even if their that knee-jerk reaction is negative. You know, let them have that outside of the the face of my children so that they can work through that. And hopefully they'll watch along, look at our YouTube and see that we're just as basic and boring as every other healthy family out there. Right. So, I mean, I think that's been the the catalyst of why we do what we do. Um, And I also think, like, you know, when it comes to balance, you really have to set those boundaries we never force our children to do anything that they don't want to do. Yep. And if I talk to a, a company or a brand that we feel really good about, and we're excited to work with, we say, st- we say straight up, it might be Burton and I, but it might be me and my son. It might be yeah. me and my yeah. son and my daughter. I'm not going to promise you anything because, it, you know, kids every day, they change their mind about what they're into. Like, yeah our daughter at one point was like such a ham. She wanted to be in every video and and picture and things like that. And now she's like, I don't want to be in that. And our son is like, you know, (laughs) he's he's the one that's like, make a video of this, shoot me, take a picture of this. Like, you know, and so you just have to be number one, a a good parent and, and listen to your children and, and be aware of that. And I think that, um, Bert and I are mindful enough to know that, and you might, if you've been following us for a long time, it used to be very family heavy. Yep. And as we've got, you know, throughout the, through the last few years, it's been a lot of the narrative, just Burton and I, a lot of images of just me or me and Burton, because I think that at some point we want to give our children the privacy to them become, to develop to whoever they want to be. Yeah. And if yeah. they choose to then want to be insulting, something, I mean, I think You know, like Jose's children are old enough to like where it's fun and this is part of their, their bonding time. Yeah. yeah. And other kids are doing it too. I mean, you just have to be sensitive to where your children are at because
2: you just can't force that to happen. And there's, and we do have good balance. It looks like from, because we have, you know, we're feeding Instagram, two Instagram channels a YouTube and then a TikTok and it looks like we just do nothing but film and take pictures all day long and that's not it at all we we become very efficient at, at knocking some stuff out even with the our youtube's just think they're only maybe 10 to 15 minutes long yeah. and it looks like all we do is just film our family and that's not it at all we yeah. we know a couple of highlights we know how to how to capture a few moments and uh, and then put that all together in a beautiful storytelling moment yeah. in in a very short period of time we're not just we don't have hours and hours of video or pictures that we're like you know, most of
1: through. the uh, days of the week i'm walking around in stained clothes yeah. and like you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: in my boxers. I mean, like, I mean, so.
1: it's
2: the truth.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just say quickly on the sponsorship angle. I mean, the fact that you all are, you know, giving of yourselves so much and your families and the for what you're doing for visibility. I'm like, get your coin, you know, like in the fact that you think you get backlash for some of the, the work you do. I mean, this is just, you know, it seems like just the, you know minor detail that you're getting compensated for putting your families out in this way and what a fantastic turn of events that now it seems to be like you know you're you're way behind if you don't have gay dads as your spokespeople now right <laughs> <laughs> especially around this time of year but it's you know what if, this wasn't the case was when, when gays with kids first launched like uh, you know um over eight years ago so it's it is very nice to see you guys in old navy ads and, and you know to see that this is something that's um It's almost a requirement for brands to be able to say we support not just the LGBTQ community, but the right to be parents and to raise kids. Those of you with babies and small kids at home, think about this. A lot of the food you pass in the baby food aisle at the grocery store has been sitting on that shelf for longer than maybe your kid's even been alive. The stuff can be so heavily processed and our kids deserve better. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Little Spoon, which has an awesome menu of baby and toddler kid food that is non-GMO and organic made with fresh ingredients and absolutely nothing artificial. It's all basically homemade and just delivered straight to your door in a cooler box. So you can just pop the meals in the fridge or freezer and heat them up when your little ones are ready to eat. We had a couple of uh, tiny taste testers help us out. <laughs> um, Eight month old Logan absolutely loved Little Spoon's baby food blends, especially the guava, mango, apple and pear mashup. And he loved the organic smoothies as well with hidden vegetables like the sweet potato and carrot cake smoothie, as well as the veggie pack green dream would chai. So uh, with kids' meals under $5 and baby food smoothies and snacks under 3 trying Little Spoon is really affordable. At Gaze with Kids, listeners can get 50% off their first order with the code GWK50 at checkout, and that's uh, at littlespoon.com. That's code GWK50 at littlespoon.com. So going back to what you guys were saying about Jose, I know we've talked about this a little bit, but you were saying that your kids uh, do come to you often with, they were, you know, to they're getting excited about the idea of creating a video and they'll come to you with ideas. Uh, can you talk just a little bit about uh, what that's like um, right now for your kids? And if they're still kind of into uh, proposing ideas and what, it, what it's like to collaborate with them.
3: Yeah. I think, you know, Dustin, Dustin said it well, which is, you know, it's so important that you're, you meet your kids where they're at. Right. And so we're, Lila was at a few years ago is completely different from where she is now. And Avery, for example, I think you know he's, he has different likes and he has different needs. And so he is sort of like more like behind the scenes now where he's like, Papa, what do you think if we did this? And I actually had him in charge of coming up, writing, directing, and filming a post. For him, he was so proud to do that. And he still talks about it to this day. And this was like a year and a half ago. And he did, and I give him all the credit, you know, and he, he loved it. And I think, but there, there are some days now where Avery is now nine. And, you know, we did, you know, we did the the Lizzo dance the other day. And Avery was like, yo, I'm out. (laughs) You (laughs) You know, and, and I did not hesitate whatsoever. I was like, cool. You know, that's, that's, you know, it's all good. So I think that, you Know for for Lila, I love to capture her playing sports because that's where she's at. With London, it's about beauty and makeup. And so, you know, that can be a little controversial at her age, but it's about meeting her where she's at and being a little bit more thoughtful. And then, you know, Avery's more like conversational. And so those things are are important. And 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 those have to weave into the campaigns. And I'm the same way, I don't promise any of uh, any of the folks that it's going to be all of us. And there have been ones where it's just me. Like, you know, I I think you mentioned the old Navy one. That was a phenomenal campaign. The fact that we were part of this massive Christmas campaign push, um, was really just, yeah, just really wonderful and totally felt honored to do that. And one of the things that I wanted to share is in terms of like the reach is I kind of describe it in the wedding industry we have a lot of speakers and there's one speaker that gets backlash because she speaks on lgbtq issues but she considers herself straight and people are like people in our community are coming after her being like you should not be making money off of speaking on our topics and i'm like "Fuck that are you kidding me because there's allies are a big reason why we have been able to get to where we are and What happens is people that are homophobic, aren't going to come see me speak on on stage, they're going to want to see somebody they can relate to. And so that's how I feel about the campaigns is that there are so many people that would never follow us on social media. But they'll certainly you know, they like Gillette or they like the, you know, whatever products they have, and they're seeing us for the first time in a different light. and so. To me, that's just like magical. To me, it's just proving that we are pushing the needle forward. And and although, you know, same-sex marriage has been around for a while, and there have been LGBTQ parents for years, I still feel like we are very much at the forefront, you know, in the big picture. So I think think we're kind of, I think we're all doing a phenomenal job as a collective doing what we're doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, until we get that narrative where you don't have to fight for things like the Don't Say Gay Bill and, and all these other things, you have to know that we are still in a fight for representation. Yeah. And that to me is, you know, at the end of the day, That is what's keeping our kids safe is that visibility. The more exposure, and it doesn't have to be exposure of us, but I'm saying us as a community, yeah. uh, visibility that way that creates a a a safer place for our kids because it, it creates conversation and it brings awareness to our existence, and that's really really important.
3: You know, every now and then I still get someone that will say. Why do you have to be NYC gay dad? Why can't you just be a dad? And you know, I I put the, I got that like nine years ago, because there were there was like very few of us, and I did it as a way, while using hashtag gay dads as a way for us to find each other and discover right. each other. And people think that we and we have moved far, but things like you know the don't say gay bill and and all these other things that are going across all these states proves on why we're not there yet. That's the goal. The goal would be, I would like to just be dad. I would like to just be papa, but we are we're not close. We're not there yet.
0: Yeah. We get the same thing at gays with kids all the time. It's like, why I gotta be gay. I'm like, well, because you know we're not, yeah, we're not there yet. There's there's a reason that we have a whole website and Instagram dedicated to gay followers, and it's because we need it. Um, I guess what you guys are both kind of hinting at here is, uh, and something that I say quite often is that, you know, assuming that we can hold on to the rights that we do have, marriage, non-discrimination, and, you know, here's holding, uh, crossing our fingers that those are not going to be up for debate anytime soon. Really, the next frontier is around uh, LGBTQ families. It's about queer parents, it's about kids, uh, it's about queer kids in schools, um, and this is really the this is the remaining frontier that we have to to fight to make sure our kids are safe in school and that they can play the sports they want to play and that people can adopt in whatever state they want to, and that they can, you know, try to offset some of the ridiculous costs of surrogacy uh, through like equal insurance coverage. So this is really, um, you know, if we do progress in the way that we're going, it is about families. And this is why I think that, uh, you know, people might look at a TikTok video or uh, Gaze with Kids Instagram post and think it's fluffy and light, but it, this is exactly what you're saying. It's about this visibility. Um, and we got to keep it up, honestly, to keep it um, to keep it moving forward. So I'll, I'll get off my soapbox there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so I guess, uh, but this also leads me to wonder, and again, just because um, this is personal for you, for you three um, in a way that it's really not for uh, for me, um, and that is, you know, are there days where you talk about your kids just being like, nah, I don't want to do this. But like you said, these are businesses for you now. Are there days where you're just like, I am sick of putting on a smile and getting in front of the camera. I, you know, I've just no, you know, no, thank you, ma'am today. I'm going to take the day off. Uh, but why don't we start with uh, you, Dustin and Burton just said, are there days where you're just like, screw it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm turning off the camera. I'm going to read a book in a hammock somewhere.
2: We're human. Oh, yeah, we're, we're human. We're, we're human. For, yeah, and we do. You know, from you know, from, when you see our when you see our, our grids, right? It looks like we you're real, like you're just taking a picture every day. There are times where we have content making days where we make things, and that can carry you for many days. So then, or you, even
1: year. I mean, like yeah. some. I'll, I've repurposed pictures of Bert and I from a year ago. I mean, yeah. people people don't know that, that that wasn't taken just that day so yeah. we have that balance we have to have that balance because at the end of the day we want our sanity we want our happiness and yes we do feel like we have to turn turn it off I mean just yeah. recently we went to the beach yeah. and you know we were like we need, we should capture this for our YouTube you know and we were there for a week and we didn't film anything until the very last day when I was like we we kind of need a, like, like, we're about to go to an aquarium and let's, let's film that. Yeah. And that's what our YouTube was, but we just needed to not be a family. Yeah. We just didn't want to be a, uh, you know, so we, we wanted to just be a family and yeah. that's okay. And, and I think that, you know, you have to, we are not, a, we're not a a slave to this. Uh, You know, we, we set our boundaries and uh, and, and and that's okay. A lot of times our followers know, like, we try to post every single week with YouTube, but YouTube is a beast. I mean, like, editing and curating a YouTube video, I mean, it, it takes a lot of, It's it was definitely, like, a passion project for me, and I think it started because I always felt like Instagram was so curated, and it really didn't have that narrative. It was mm-hmm. like, how, there wasn't depth to it. Yeah, either. like, I mean, you can write things that are deep, but You know, are people really reading that? And so we said, you know, let's, I think that we can reach more people this way and talk about real topics about, you know, mental health and, and, you know, LGBTQ LGBTQ plus issues and et cetera, et cetera. And you know, but with that said, our followers know that sometimes we skip weeks because we're human and we're, yeah. and we're dads, and <laughs> we're like we just can't pull it off this week. No, yeah. you know, we're honest with
2: folks, and everyone's like, "No worries, we'll see you next week." Yeah, kind of thing. And so, we're, we're, whenever you can get something, else. yeah, so you have to. It's just um, Yeah,
1: you'll you'll drive yourself nuts. But yeah. I mean, I, I on the people have to understand too, my background was in fashion before. And so I worked you know, with photographers and understand lighting and understand, I know how to curate something really clean and quick. Um, it's not necessarily meant for, not everyone has that. And Burton, honestly, I mean, I love you. He doesn't have that. You know? But I know how to throw something together very quickly um, where it might take someone longer. And, you know, yeah. I think the assumption is that a lot of people think that, God, they just live in this, like, you know, yeah, you this perfect yeah. little world all the time. And it's not, it's definitely not that.
0: Yeah. My God, the little I've tried to edit video over the years, I'm like, I don't know how you do it. It's really, it's, it's a, you have to be very patient, but again, yeah, you obviously good good at it, but you know, good, good for you. God bless you. Um, <laughs> uh, Jose, so you also had some uh, video background right before you started all this. So this is probably true for you as well, that you probably approached this, uh, came a little bit more naturally to you than, than, you know, your average gay yeah
3: yeah i mean that's i I was a video editor before i was a wedding planner so yeah for me it's it's similar where you know when people find out that i edit my videos or or that must take you a long time actually you know it really doesn't i i don't envy anyone that that jumps on on youtube uh because i i personally understand the work behind that when i used to be a video editor uh But, you know, for me, I went in sort of like the opposite direction away, but with the same intention away from Instagram, because I, you know, I would say Instagram, like you said, curated, it's certainly like this in the wedding industry, where you're sort of sending your representative, right? Meaning like, you know, your best version of yourself or your business. And it's boring. And I think that, you know, what I loved about TikTok, it was was so Mm -hmm. lo-fi. And I thought, wow, we could just be a little bit more raw, Um, but for me, the goal as a single dad was to make sure I use a platform that was like quick and fast and, and could, you know, cut down some of my editing time, which TikTok was able to do that. So for me, it was like, I was forced to make sure that these snippets were 60 seconds or up to three minutes as TikTok allows now, because I think that, you know, I just would not have, you know, the energy for, uh, for YouTube, but, but both of our, intentions and goals were very similar so i i find that really interesting
1: yeah i mean i think that too you know we always we laugh about that we're like you know instagram is like just it's like the initial curation of, of, of who we are and if you want to go into depth you can see our youtube and if you want to just have fun you go to our tiktok i mean it's like it's like three different personalities yeah. all the same messaging but yeah it's cool. I mean, I'm I'm grateful for this, and and I think like you know, I, it, it, we were talking about how you know we had kind of exploded during the pandemic, at least you did as well, and 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 I think people long to have connection, yep. and Absolutely. during a time where we were not allowed to connect with people, I think. That that draw to be able to just kind of look in and, and feel connected to people that might not be someone that you know, but someone that you you know admire or you think is fun. Or um, I think that's a really powerful tool. And I think that you know social media in general, it is what you take. It, it is what you take from it, right? It can be something that really builds you up and inspires you, or it can be something that can tear you down and make you feel terrible. And if I'm we're ever people that you walk away and you're looking and you feel terrible from, I beg you not to follow us. If you know if we're there to help you feel like you are inspired or have a friend or feel like you're no, like you're normal being a gay person who wants something different and wants to have a family, then then that's amazing. And I personally have had to do that. That editing of what I'm, who I'm following and how does that make me feel? Do I feel less than? And if, and if, if it is, is it, is it necessarily them or is this something I'm personally need to work on? So it is, and I don't, honestly, I don't envy, and I, I was talking to Burton about this the other day, you know, growing up, if someone had, if, if social media was around when I was in my what, 18, 19, my 20s, I can assure you that no one, no one would be following me because I was a hot mess and i mean i was like wild and out of control i was in a dark place like i had mentioned you know with my my past and so this younger generation of having this this thing that documents you and and you put something out there and you're forever held to that voice that you put out there as a scarlet letter without knowing that there's grace and forgiveness or not talking about something from your past that you don't want to share you know this is a completely new narrative that we're going to have to have with our kids uh, that i don't envy because i just can't imagine having to go through those awkward years or trying to discover yourself or trying to Go against the grain um, on certain issues. It's going to be it's going to be tough.
0: Yeah, the need for social media competency is going to be you know something that really you have to teach kids from a young age. And I want to come back to that because I have a uh, another question follow up there. Uh, but Jose, I wanted to uh, come back to the question about whether you just take days off. Are you just ever like, you know what? No, I, because for you, it for both of you, but it sounds like, like you're saying you're now feeding one business with the other. Um, so it's becoming, uh, maybe more critical that you keep them both up. And I'm wondering if that takes a little bit of the joy out of it, if it's no longer about something that's just, uh, for fun or if it's something that you feel like it's an obligation, uh, do you still enjoy it?
3: I do still enjoy it. Um, and my kids still enjoy it, but I think it's because I, I, you know, there there was like, you know, a couple months back where there was just, we had so many campaigns to film. And, and the problem was, you know, my kids are away till five. And it was by the time I picked them up, it's dark out. And so there was like very little time to shoot campaigns. So then I would have to do it on the weekends. And I feel like it was sort of like happening for a few weeks there. And I was like, nope. And so I, you know, I'm being represented by Whaler and I contacted them and I was like, I want five weeks off from doing any campaigns. Um, I want to make sure my kids feel good going into the weekend, um, and I, I want to make sure that they still enjoy it. Um, and yeah, and I think I, I and I think that's totally legit. That's totally okay. And I think that's something that you know people that are sort of interested in this influencer create content world. Um, I think it's important that. You're aware that if you do get thrusted into this world, um, you you know there, you have to find balance within the other things that you have to find balance with. Um, you know, people do often think that it's it's all. No, I, I, you know I always I feel like I sound like a, like a, it's a little bullshit because I always get annoyed when actors are like, oh, being on set, you know like <laughs> it's so exhausting, you know what I mean? But the reality is, we're dealing with personalities of, of children, and you know, we people don't realize how hard it's it's hard on a daily basis. Um, never mind when there's things that we have to do. So it's really important that again we have to meet them where they're at and the personalities and be like, okay, this is a good time to film this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know.
0: So you you both now kind of touched on this. Um... And I don't, I'm gonna end up rambling here, so excuse me in advance, <laughs> but it's something I think about a lot at Gays With Kids. Um, and it is the mental health aspects of uh, of social media. Obviously there's so much coming out about it now, which I think we all kind of intrinsically knew. Um, and you know, I, it, it would be great if people could self-monitor as, as much as uh, you're suggesting, Dustin. Um, and I think, we, like you said, we need to teach kids from a young age how to do that because it's not something that comes natural, even to adults. Um, but I do worry sometimes about uh, the, uh, so I'm starting this conversation from a place of like the visibility that we're all creating is important. We've covered that. It's critical. Social media is an amazing tool. Uh, one that we wouldn't have, like we would have, like you're saying, what Will and Grace would be our big, you know, um, cultural icon. We wouldn't have all of these different um, outlets to to push the visibility of queer parents, which we have because of social media, which is great. But I do worry sometimes about kind of this bubblegum, uh, perfect picture family vibe that we, you know, you don't see picture us like posting pictures of kids like having a meltdown because they won't put their socks on or whatever, you know? I have. Uh, yeah, have you? Okay, well, that's great, that's great. So this is, I guess this is leading into my question. I don't know, if you actually have, I have seen some of those photos, yeah. So uh, so yeah, let's actually start there. So is it important to you to be showing those sides of your family that aren't um, quite so, you know, white picket fence, bubblegum, perfect?
3: Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I have, you know, even before we blew up, I think I had like a yearly meltdown video that I that I would post um and and also showing the raw sides of being a single father too like you know today sucks and um but you know i think the key is when i think the key that a lot of people trap uh, what people might do wrong is if if you're going through something like don't this is just my opinion don't post it and just go on a bitch rant and Be miserable in the post like it's okay to share your struggle but within that post there has to be a positive outcome or there has to be some sort of words of wisdom on something that person maybe you're working on or even seek for advice within that post uh, for that support right and so i think that really makes a difference when we are showing a little bit more of the authentic sides of ourselves right and so often when i'm struggling with something I'll make a decision to maybe post about it on social media and then ask for help, ask for advice. And I think that really makes a difference because people are then saying, okay, well, I'm so glad you posted about this because I thought you guys were perfect. You know, this perfect little family, right? And so I think showing that balance definitely is important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, for for you two, is there, you you kind of mentioned that, I don't know if this has been something that's happened uh, repeatedly, where are, are people reaching out and saying that, that they, you know, struggled or that they're, you know, that some of the content that you post is, uh, I mean, again, at Gaze with Kids, we get people for every one comment we get about, this is so inspiring. We also get, I mean, it's not an even split, but we also get people saying I'll never have this, or I, you know, I'm single and I will never have kids or I'm never going to meet a partner or, you know, all, all of these kind of like negative thoughts too, that are in response to our content. Um, which, you know, I, I do struggle with a little bit. Uh, so do you get much of that? And if so, how do you, how do you approach it?
2: We do. And we actually share, that's why we, we do this a lot on our YouTube, right? We want our YouTube to talk about very uh, specific topics, mental health being one that we talk about a lot. And then at the end, it has a a positive outcome and spin. And our message overall in in our YouTube is, is, is taking someone on a journey and having that feel good ending to it. I mean, it's, it's like a full house episode you have a little learning <laughs> thing that happens there <laughs> a and, little you, bit of and trauma you, exactly. you feel and then you feel great at the end so it's inspi- it's inspiring along the way but but not but, but also by showing some bumps in the road that we you know and how we get there but we
1: and but I mean we always say we're not we're not perfect but i have to say like that is who Burton and i are like we we don't fight we don't have this weird we're very, we have we have a really healthy relationship and i think that shows and i think like you know i'm not going to be apologetic for not showing people these rough moments in our lives, because not that we don't have them, but, you know, things are, these are personal, but we always look at what is, what matters. Like, it's about getting ahead. It's about, you know, these highlighted moments. We don't capture, when you're out with your friends, you get together with your girlfriends or your friends, and you're like, you're in a peak moment where you're like, "Out! This is the best food ever!" Your your shiny moment, but you you know you tripping and falling in the bathroom. You know you're not <laughs> grabbing the camera. Look, I just fell. So like, for instance, like if our kids are are, are crying and we're really they're going through something how awful would it be for me to then just grab my camera and be like, okay, wait, say that again. What's wrong with you? You're you're sad about something. I'm not doing that. I'm going to be there for my child. And in those amazing moments, the reason we, we go through the hard moments is, you know, they're worth going through to get to the good moments. And that's the focus. Yeah. And that's just who, you yeah. know that's so just we, who we are. But yeah, we won't, we will not film it usually
2: because we're trying to be parents, but we will talk about it later. We yeah. right? We saying like, right. oh my gosh, they had a meltdown. And so yeah. we had, we had a rough week and here's, you know, here's a, you know, we got through it. And so this, that's what, that's why we're at, having ice cream now yeah it like, the, you know that and then then it shows us having the ice cream so it shows the- Holland
1: got upset because during the covid she wanted to get her face painted at this zoo that we went to i was like no and you know i did capture i don't try to do this a lot but she was crying in the car and i was trying to have her understand but you know why and talk about the reasons why so she had an understanding of that you yeah, um, we took the, her home and then i did her face painting at the house so you know like it's just I I don't really know. I don't know. I mean, I think like we we are who we are, and you know, like we we try to always have a more positive outlook on everything. Just that's just how Burton and I are wired, and we're not we're not negative. We're not super negative people. I mean, we're like really more optimistic with life, and so, um, but it doesn't mean that we are not going through hardships because we do talk about it. And I'm not, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to- Of course, to...
0: when it's none of our individual responsibilities to solve the problems I... associated with, with uh, social media. It's something I think we all need to be aware of and, and do our best to mitigate. Uh, but I actually like your your uh, suggestion there that it, we follow the full house method. <laughs> it's like, you know, you can't just, it's, a, it's showing trauma for trauma's sake isn't helpful either. Uh, you guys are public figures. So I think Whatever lesson you're able to extract from them, I mean, you know, why would you just post like a negative thing for the sake of it? I do think that there is something important to. I, um, uh, set. Go ahead, Jose.
3: Yeah, no, I was, I was gonna say, like, um, I, I, I love that. I love that you share that because I think that for me the goal is. And by the way, like when I see you guys on social media, every single time, I feel what you're describing, right? So I never, you know, there's certainly some some couples out there that, you know, perhaps they're doing what they're doing for other reasons and other, pur- for another purpose. But it's, I always feel that authenticity, I'm so over that word, but I always feel that authenticity with you guys on almost pretty much like everything you do. And that's exactly what you described describing. like, no, we don't fight. We don't like fight behind the scenes like crazy. And that actually exists. And people wanna create that narrative when they see something good in the world. Now I will admit when I've seen a couple of your shirtless posts, I might've put down a bucket of nachos, (laughs) but but I'm here for it too. So
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm glad Jose said it. But
2: yeah, but, but, so we do. So I do. I do talk to people one on one through DM. I try to respond to lots of folks, and people will say, like, you know, this is this looks perfect, Did you guys not fight at all. And I'll well, I'll go on a long journey with them and say, absolutely not. This is what this is how we are, and I'll yeah. go through, you know. And so I, you know, I like to do that. I don't do that in a thread, but one on one with folks, I try to respond to almost every single message that comes through, especially I, I, unless it's just a, a heart or something. But it's a, it's a genuine, genuine question where people are struggling with or trying to ask us something very personal I I try to respond and give them honest answers and so that you know and try to help them through that and they're saying I'm having a really tough week you know and
1: and, and then help them through and we try to give uh like you know couples advice because people do ask us and I I have to say I mean like Burton and I are lucky we're one of the rare we're we're a rarity it seems where it's like we just we really love each other I mean I can he is who I'm going to grow old with like I can't wait us to be yeah. bald and fat and sitting in a rocking chair like you know <laughs> showing off our missing teeth like i mean yeah. i'm like excited about that and you know but you know and but i've gone through a lot of relationships that led me to this yeah. and so i i don't mind sharing that and it, and again there's been, that is a lot of dms It is a lot of us giving giving advice um and i and i can't sit there and think like is my our happy relationship gonna make someone feel bad or is our happy relationship gonna show that it exists? You know, like right. so get out of I, your toxic I relationship. I don't know, and like yeah. that's kind of what I was saying. It's not our responsibility. It's it's other people's of, of like if I'm making you feel bad, then please don't please don't follow our story. Right, right. If you feel inspired, then please follow our story. You know, right. it, it's not like I'm. You know, we don't really care in that sense,
0: right? Um. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, you don't don't have control over that.
3: I was going to say, I think that sometimes, too, people forget that the reason that our followers, they are not the only reasons on why we're posting, right? I think sometimes, at least for me, whenever I think about a post, I always think about, before posting anything, I always think about what will my adult children think or feel when they go back and and look at some of this stuff. Sure, maybe a couple of them they might be embarrassed by, but for me, I wanna feel like, because that's just the, that's just where we're at with technology. I can't even imagine what it's gonna be 10 years from now, but the reality is we live in a social media driven world. And so I wanna make sure that I create this timeline, mm-hmm. this visual timeline that my children can go back and have this virtual album of their lives mm-hmm. and also balance of feeling like, oh, I gave London as much attention as Avery and Lila. I don't want them to go back and, and feel bad, but I also want them to know that their dad stood for something, right? right? And with all the loss that I've experienced, I lost my parents many years ago. And with the loss that I've experienced, I want to leave something behind for them because anything can happen. If And, and I mean this wholeheartedly. If I, something were to happen to me tomorrow, I would feel really confident that my kids will have a wealth of Uh, information and completely yeah that's what we talk
2: about with our youtube i don't don't have yeah i don't have a single video of me when i was a kid Uh, the first videos (laughs) are like when i'm a teenager right and so like what this is you know our kids have
1: documented every week for the last three Three years now to yeah, our years. YouTube last yeah. two years. And that's yeah. what's even special because my mom, you know, she doesn't live near us and she's probably our biggest fan on YouTube. <laughs> and she lives for, you know, that notification that we have a new video. <laughs> she just eats it alive. And and she's even told me like I I feel like you've created this for me because I feel like I'm there when I can't be there, and that is so special to me. And looking back on, you know, us talking about a memory that our kids have forgotten, and we showed that we sit down in our bed and we put the YouTube on of like when we took them to this zoo or we took them to whatever, and we were just laughing and we're being silly. It's it's precious. I mean, watch, it is.
2: It is precious. You can like, watch them spark that memory too. They, yeah. will, they will immediately go, "Oh yeah." This yeah. And so when kids, you know, they easily forget some of these things. It's everything. Yeah, it. yeah. Like I, I love that.
3: I mean, I forget
0: some of these things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I forget <laughs> what I did yesterday. So I, uh, yeah, maybe I should start filming everything as well. That <laughs> makes a lot of sense. <laughs> something that we get a lot of gays with kids, especially when we post these like adorable photos of gay dads and their kids smiling in front of the camera. A lot of the comments, like I said, is like, oh, I'm single. I'm never going to find a partner. I can never be a dad. Now, so you obviously didn't choose to be a single dad, uh, but our biggest community of, um, on our, our Facebook page, um, is single gay dads and men that want to become, uh, dads that may be single. So it's, it's something that, um, people like you are doing a really good job showing that that's possible. Um, although it, you know, warts and all, um, but I guess how much, um, are you getting comments and feedback or, or just questions from single gay people, or I guess anyone that uh, is single, that's interested in maybe trying to take on parenthood alone and what do you tell them? Or even asked out. Yeah. Yeah. Any hot dates through this? Hopefully.
3: <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Um. Yeah. So I look. I think the beauty of of what's what's happened in the last couple of years with our social media feeds is that we're also hearing from people that are not in the LGBTQ community. So for a lot of people, you know, there seems to be. I don't know. I don't know what's in the water with all the stuff that we're you know, consuming in our bodies, but I think more than ever, women are having more trouble getting pregnant. And so they are also looking into the LGBTQ community to see what's possible. And, you know, I like to say, you know, our family is no different from yours, but we are a little more colorful, right? And so I think that they uh, feel inspired by what our community is doing. And so I do get a lot of DMs from mothers or, or, or intended uh, mothers. And I think that's really, beautiful and and also from parents also of LGBTQ kids that don't know how to handle handle it I'm sure you guys must get a lot of those too because you know there's always sort of like that fear of their child and how, what kind of life they're going to live and they can look at your feet and be like are you kidding this is possible I'm always honored when people reach out it's, it's a lot of work you know answering the dms that's another full-time job but um <laughs>
2: it is it yeah, was, it's, it is rewarding. You're right. It it's, is, yeah. it's.
3: I have to keep that in mind. And I, I try to be really intentional too. I i don't know about you guys, but like I try to be intentional by not giving generic answers, even though sometimes I do. But, you know, people feel, also feel honored. I feel honored when they're reaching out, but they also feel honored when you're replying to them, right? Yeah, yeah. So we try to be really more thoughtful on, on on their responses. And yeah, of course, there's some of those like thirst, uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely get messages from people. And I, I could tell when they're sliding in my DMs and they're like pretending to make it about my kids and how cute they are. <laughs> uh,
0: I, by I, the I'm way, like, what, what are I, you doing Tuesday night? Yeah,
3: what are you doing Wednesday night?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Dustin and Bert, I'm sure you get that plenty as well. Do you get a lot of like salacious DMs? Yeah, well, yeah, it's funny. It's, it's funny that
1: you wouldn't think like with, uh, you know, married couple with kids that people are like, I'm going to send you my
0: anatomy, but yeah, it does happen. <laughs> we, we get that engaged with kids too. I'm like, I don't oh, know really? if you think <laughs> it's running. It's just one and the the person that runs our social media and has forever Rosalind is, uh, just amazing at the job. It's so she, you know, she's a woman. So this poor woman is having to like feel uh. <laughs> all sorts of interesting, um, uh, photos and requests, um, uh, from time to time. Um, wow. so, uh, so I'm curious where you guys all see this going and, you know, let's say, I don't know, five, 10 years, where do you still see yourselves doing this? Um, do you still see your kids involved um and yeah why don't we start with you Dustin and Burton so I think we just take it day by day I mean like I you know I I don't know I I,
1: I you know our, our focus really isn't necessarily social media it's it's giving this farm up and going and I definitely would love to to use that as a as a some storytelling into that process because I think once we really get the ball rolling, it's going to be really fun and entertaining yeah. to watch. And I'm going to thrive because I'm going to be able to do a lot of things that I'm skilled at when it comes to design and interior and things like that, that I'm excited to sh- yeah. share with people that I haven't necessarily been able to. And it'll be a different
2: dimension, right? You know, I mean, you have kids and people can see that. And then you have this this uh, this transformation story that's happening also uh, on the other side. So people who are not in, even interested in engaging kids may be interested in watching this farm thing. So it's just another... avenue so we're not sure where that's going to take us right we're not sure what and just like just like jose we i mean it'll be this business will feed, you know the instagram and and showing our farm well people want to come here and visit and stay in a cabin and and have an event have
1: a wedding at our wedding venue so those are
2: you know it'll it'll, one will feed the other kind
1: of um, and like we said earlier when we were talking about our children um we have a very healthy understanding and a dialogue with our children. We're not going to force them to do anything they don't want to do. I didn't want to play basketball or football, and I was forced to do that when I was in, you know, <laughs> elementary school and junior high. So why am I going to sit there and force my children to do things that they don't want to do? No. Um, so like, you know, so I, it's just going to we'll play it by ear and see. And you know, I I, I think it's very interesting most of our engagement comes when it's Burton and I like, if you look at the numbers, when you see our videos and things like that, when we post just him and I, it, it, our numbers go way up. It's not necessarily, I don't think people are that invested in our children as, as opposed to, they like the idea of that, that maybe one day, you know, that I can maybe find someone that I, that I get along with really great. And and then we want to have a family together. So um, I, you know, we're we're fine with our if our kids don't want to be a part of this, we're fine with that. But I, I don't know if we're fine with that. I'm like getting tired. I'm old. <laughs> the only problem about having a YouTube for that many years, looking back, and am like, oh my god, I've gotten so old.
0: Gray hairs coming
2: and everything. Yeah. You do look at you. That's the thing too. You do look. You do look back and like, holy oh
0: like, god, I have many yeah. Botox for sure. <laughs> How about you, Jose? Just as long as it stays fun and relevant.
3: Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I've I been approached to do like a couple projects that involve the kids and, you know, there's, um, and and I've turned a couple down because, you know, I, I've i not wanted cameras around my kids all the time because right when you sign that away, it's like they get to edit it how they want and I want control of the narrative. And um, so that's why, you know, one of the things I'm really excited, what this has all done for me is, you know, you know, filming this show in, in two weeks, it's been great because it's about my business and, um, and it's a fun show and it's an uplifting show. And, um, yeah, I love that if, if there's, if I'm ever going to be pushed into sort of more mainstream, I like that it's going to start with, with my business and, you know, and then if there's something that my children want to be a part of, I'm totally down. For me, like on the personal side, the goal is, is always been to show others that we are no different from your family. Um, and I think that, you know, that's been, you know, one of our, you know, successes having this, you know, a small voice in the big movement, you know, we've been able to do, which has been, you know, really great. Where one thing I'll share is, yeah, next week we're gonna be on the cover of our second magazine, uh, New York Family Magazine, and the reason I share that is not to like boast, but for both of those publications, for Parents Latina Magazine and New York Family Magazine, the first, el- the, not the first, they were they had moms there, but the first gay dad to ever be on their cover, which is shocking when you think about, wait, this New York Magazine has been around since like 1980 something. Yeah. Uh, and now, and I'm the first one on the cover. But again, it's sort of speaking to, you know, hopefully what our family has been able to do for a larger exposure for other families, I don't know.
0: That's and cool. so when can people um, see the show and where where will they see the show? Um,
3: <laughs> the show is gonna be, at the moment, it's gonna air in October um, on Crackle, which is a streaming network. And that's considered like you know market one and then hopefully market two is when these other networks that are currently interested, they'll pick that up as well. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah, I'm really excited about that. And then the magazine comes out next week.
0: That's very exciting. Congrats on all of that. Um, and where can people find me? We'll post all this in our, in our, in the blog that goes along this, but where else can people find you? Anything else you want to let people know about stuff you have coming up?
3: Yeah, it's NYC gay dad across the board. And if people are interested in seeing what I do professionally,
0: uh, with the weddings, then it's Jose Rolone events across the board. And then uh, Dustin and uh, Burton, how about you guys? What What do you have coming up? Anything you want people to know about?
1: No magazine covers. <laughs> <all right? laughs> I know it's like what?
3: Definitely. No, no, well, we actually. So
1: I just we just wrote a, a big article for LA Times,
0: and that's going to be coming out. Oh, Cool. For, that's not that's not small minutes. potatoes. What's What's yeah. it about?
1: um so you know it's about our journey and kind of same thing we talked about here today yeah journey and uh how we went through that process what would we we would talk tell other parents that are or people that want to become parents and obviously i kind of go into depth and and something that i'm really passionate about is what would you tell you know the youth or people that are wanting to come out and that are scared and so um you know those are these moments that i am so excited about because it really taps into a place in my heart that is really important um like we were talking about why that visibility and messaging and it really comes down to that truly is uh why we do what we do is is that reach um for visibility and Mm -hmm. and messaging Mm -hmm. but uh if you want to follow along our you know our journey we obviously have a, a youtube and it's called dustin and burton raising buffaloes Um, Our children's last names are buffaloes. We are not raising literal buffaloes. It's very ironic because our farm, we're getting alpacas. So (laughs) we might have to just (laughs) Dustin and Bird raising buffaloes in alpacas. Alpacas, alpacas. (laughs) And then my Instagram is Dustin underscore uh, Patrick underscore Smith. And I'm at BBBuffalo. And then. And then our TikTok is um, Dustin and Burton. Dustin and Burton. Yeah.
0: We'll link to all this in, in the blog post. So don't worry oh, okay. everyone. Um, thank you all three of you for everything you're doing for visibility, for our families. You're a lot of fun to follow. I'm sure a lot of our followers already are, but if you are not, definitely start following. Um, it's, a, it's a good time. Uh, thank you so much for being on the pod today. So it's been a great, we could do this for another hour. I'm sure, but um, I'm yeah. long enough. <laughs> I got a,
3: I, I got a date in about 10 minutes. Hey. Oh, hey. Get out of
0: here. <laughs> Someone that slipped, slipped into your dms or no (laughs) same perhaps (laughs) (laughs) okay thank you guys again so much thanks bye everyone Bye, bye guys